for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We got editor, recruiting analyst, John McNamara, here in the Vivid Seats studio. And of course, folks, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. And John, we are wrapping up this weekend another wisconsin badgers victory still number eight in the ap poll now number eight in the amway coaches poll heading into michigan state week but before that they took care of business against the kent state golden flashes and former quarterback tight end for wisconsin and sean lewis and a big victory 48 nothing dominant defensive effort and jonathan taylor just simply being jonathan taylor yeah, I guess it's it's what you probably expected going in, um, you know, outside of maybe Taylor getting in the end zone as many times as he did. Um, I think that's, you know, certainly good for two reasons. One, uh, for that the Heisman push that he's making, and two, that he didn't play much in the second half. Um, you know, like we've talked about, the schedule is going to ramp up quite a bit. So, you know, not having to play Taylor for four quarters um, is a big deal as you look at Michigan State coming up next. Talking about Taylor's day, you mentioned not, I mean, what, he played – just a little over 30 minutes with his final carry was a 48 yard touchdown on the day, 186 yards on 19 carries. That's a 9.8 average yards per carry four touchdowns on the ground, three receptions, 29 yards, that 18 yard touchdown reception as well. Uh, Just some quick notes on Taylor's day. I mean, he matched the school record single games record for touchdowns with five. He's forced to do it since Melvin Gordon did so against Bowling Green, which, by the way, was the school that Sean Lewis coached at last uh, when he came to Camp Randall back in 2014. And then he is the first player, Taylor is, to score five touchdowns in a game since Saquon Barkley of Penn State fame. Barkley had five against Pitt back in 2016. That, according to Wisconsin's game notes. Uh, And on top of that, he passed Melvin Gordon for third on UW's all-time rushing list by one yard, 4,916. We could go on and on, John, and we don't have this in our agenda, but real quick, just how special, I mean, you've you've watched Jonathan Taylor, you've watched Melvin Gordon, you've watched, gosh, I mean, we're from Wisconsin, we know Ron Dane's name, you've seen James White, you've covered this team for a while. Just how special is Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question, and um, you know he's kind of certainly on that uh, Mount Rushmore of Wisconsin running backs with, you know, probably Monty Ball and Ron Dane, Melvin Gordon. I, you know, I thought, you know, before Taylor's career got going, or maybe even around his freshman year, that Melvin Gordon was the most talented running back that I saw at Wisconsin. Um, you know, I was, you know, not covering the team for the Ron Dane, Ron Dane era, but you know, growing up in it and watching it, um, you know, obviously that was awfully impressive, and he's as special of a back as Wisconsin's had. But I thought, you know, really getting to focus on Melvin Gordon's career, I thought he was maybe the most talented. But, you know, I think when we look on Jonathan Taylor's, you know, career, which will likely be a three-year career, you know, so in a couple months who gets to reflect on it, 
Um, you know, he might be the most talented running back that, that the Badgers have had, and that's, you know, quite the compliment. Um, you know, really adding that receiving piece to his game this year is, has made him the complete back that he was striving to be for the last two years. Um, but, you know, it's it's an excellent debate, and it's, it's a debate that I think Wisconsin fans will have for the next, you know, probably 50 years or so. Um, when you have those, that kind of ilk of running backs that, that the Badgers have had, it's, it's certainly a fun conversation to have. But, uh, you know, what he's been able to do um, has been incredible. Um, we'll, we'll see what kind of awards he racks up towards the end of the year. But um, it's just going to be fun to see, you know, just maybe how they hit, I don't want to call, you know, really kind of the final games of his career kind of rolled down as Wisconsin kind of hits the home stretch of the Big Ten. And then, you know, obviously the postseason play that they're looking at as well. Well, let's get to some of these takeaways for the game. Of course, again, another shout out for Wisconsin. Let's, but before we get to the defense, let's talk about the offensive performance for the game. Wisconsin accumulated 520 total yards, 348 on the ground rushing, 172 through the air. In your opinion, though, John, what's your biggest takeaway from yeah, you know, on, the offensive side of, on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, you know, it has to be Taylor, but then going back to the last podcast, uh, you know, I'm looking here, 10 receivers caught passes, uh, or I should just say 10 offensive players caught passes, and I, I believe the over-under was 9.5 from our last podcast. Um, so, you know, that, that that's interesting. Um, you know, that kind of speaks to the quarterbacks, and, and they were awfully efficient. Uh, you know, Jack Cohn was 12 of 15. Graham Mertz coming in was 5 of 5. So, um, yeah, obviously Taylor's the, the big storyline there and the blowout win, but um, you know, they spread the ball around pretty, pretty effectively against Kent State. And, uh, you know, the quarterbacks did what you wanted them to do. So, you know, there's there's certainly not a whole lot to complain about on the offensive side of the ball. My takeaway, and I was trying to figure out exactly what, but I think Jack Hone had the type of day that you wanted him to have. And I'll go with that. I don't think it was with the way Wisconsin just overwhelmed Kent State on the ball, or, you know, on the ground. I think he had that ability to be, I'm not going to, I don't want to say game manager, but he kind of was. There were no turnovers on his end, no interceptions, 12 of 15 passing, 134 yards, two touchdown passes, the one to Taylor. And then also in the third quarter that ended his day, the two yard reception to Jake Taylor, who made a fantastic acrobatic catch. And if you guys went on Twitter, you saw Dan Sanger's great photo that I tweeted out about him Ferguson making that catch. So I think Cone did enough what he had to do. Now, I know a lot of people will probably talk about how he missed, looked like he maybe overshot Quintess Cephas a little bit. I don't know. Maybe Cephas stopped running a little bit. I don't, I didn't get a chance to look at the film yet. I'm hoping to do that early tomorrow morning before player availability, but it, you know, that was a one big deep shot, but he did have a 33 yard reception to Kendrick Pryor, who there was some help from that redshirt junior wide receiver too. So I think Cone did, was a good bounce back game for him uh, and credit the offensive line for keeping him upright for that matter too. Uh, and, and then, you know, on that top of that too, with the offense, maybe the bigger takeaway is just not to add a, add one on there, but the first team offense, you know, before Graham Mertz got in there, even when Mertz got in there too, I mean, six consecutive drives to start the game with a touchdown is exactly what you want for a bounce back with Mertz in there. They made it seven straight drives with a touchdown yeah, uh, before, you know, the offense started to kind of, I won't say necessarily sputter, but it's later in the game during mop up time. So, but you know, when cone was in, I mean, seven of eight third down conversions, etc. really good victory, a really good performance by the offense and just asserting itself against an inferior opponent 
and, and really just dominating and getting, getting done what they needed to get done. And from what it looked like, and we'll see what the injury report is, but it looked relatively healthy. Yeah. And that, that's the big thing too, is that, you know, you would assume again, like you said, Jake, you'll find out the injury report tomorrow, but you know, you would assume that Wisconsin is going to go into Michigan state, you know, relatively healthy um, outside of the injuries that have already been established this year. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's good news because things are, are going to amp up, uh, obviously Michigan state coming off a loss to Ohio state. Uh, you know, we don't get too much into that just yet, but, um, you know, things, you know, we, we had a poster on our board, a uh, long time poster, I think it was aqua badgers that said, you know, the season really kind of gets started, uh, this week. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot that you can take into that because, uh, it's, it's going to get real serious real soon, uh, starting Saturday at Camp Randall. Going to the flip side of the ball, another dominant performance. For the defense, 124 yards allowed, 60 rushing, 64 through the air, nine sacks, three of them by Zach Bond, one takeaway. There's so, I mean, holding Kent State to two of 11 on third down conversions. Again, another one of those days against a non conference opponent where Wisconsin really went out and made, you know, just would not allow Kent State to do anything. During that game, John, I'll ask you first, what is your takeaway from the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, it could be anything, any of those things that you mentioned. Um, I, I think mine is just another shutout. And, you know, people can say, well, they play Kent State. But, I mean, anytime you shut out a team in college football, um, it, it's impressive. And, you know, the amount of guys that played for Wisconsin, if you look at that participation report, uh, is an is an even bigger credit to that defense uh, to you know to play your second string guys to go into that third team of guys you know late in the game and and have them play with that same intensity that same um, you know kind of level of concern of you know we don't want to give these points up we don't want to let you know the guys around the field earlier down so um, again I, I think it's impressive I thought Kent State would score in this game I thought Wisconsin maybe would have some issues with with that high tempo stuff but they absolutely did not so. Um, you know, shutting another team out, uh, I just think speaks to, you know, the the strength of this defense and, and the caliber that it is. And, you know, it's it's truly one of the top defenses in the country. Um, it's going to get tested the rest of the way through. But uh, I think you feel really good about this defense when they're healthy and uh, that they're one of the best units in the country. I think what's really interesting, too, I mean, there was that one pass on Kent State's first drive where if – Dustin Crum actually connects there and doesn't hang the ball up. I think they have a huge gain there, possibly a touchdown, but you saw obviously the ball hung up there. Duran Harrell made a play and ensured the incompletion. But outside of that, there was really no threat from Kent state in, in, you know, in my opinion there. So my takeaway is just the fact that Wisconsin can get pressure from any part of the defense. And I talked about it. I had a, an article up on badgerblitz.com just a little bit ago, uh, maybe a few hours ago, talking about the defense and just what you know it's done in terms of number of sacks last year. And we'll have a question after the break about we have, we'll have some updated seasonal projections, predictions, if you will. In my, in my opinion, you know, like this defense can just attack you from any point. It can go from the defensive line here and there. You see it from the edge with Zach Bond, a little bit from Noah Burks. But then also from the inside linebackers, I mean, you had Jack Sanborn and Chris Orr, two sacks apiece. Chris was a little, uh, you know, he was joking around about it, but he almost had three 
Uh, but I think that one went to Sanborn uh, after he missed that with the rain and, and whatnot. But Leo Chanel had a sack. Uh, there was a team sack because Woody Barrett, the backup quarterback for Kent State, essentially just dropped the ball in those conditions in the second half. And that almost led to a Leo Chanel. That could have been another defensive touchdown. That would have been four touchdowns by Jim Leonard's unit in in four, in five games. And also, they still have only given up four touchdowns in, to, in 2019. So it really is going to be, uh, I mean, it just you see the pressure too. I think even Reggie Pearson uh, got to the quarterback, wasn't necessarily registered as a quarterback hurry, but uh, on one of the plays that turned out to be a running play, you saw Pearson get in the backfield and you've seen games past Eric Burrell blitzing and making plays. Colin Wilder had a sack last week. The way that Jim Leonard can attack with the pieces in this defense, which there's not necessarily a huge name. You know, Zach Bond's emerging as that pass rusher. He is emerging as that threat where teams are going to have to chip at him or def- double team, or but that could open up another lane, another gap for an or a Sanborn, quite possibly a Noah Burks or Isaiah Green May on the opposite side for outside linebacker. So to me, John, this this defense right now, you know, 21 sacks through five games. We'll see what happens against better, de- better offenses, but you got to like what you see out of that Wisconsin defense. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you talked about, you know, Zach Bond emerging. Um, you know, he certainly looks like an all big 10 type player and um, you know, just how important that outside linebacker position is in that three, four defense to be able to get to the quarterback. Um, it, it makes life for everyone else so much easier. Um, you know, the inside linebacker has been good. They've been a good up front. And then I think they've been, you know, pretty steady in the back end. So, uh, it, it's it's an exciting defense to watch. I think Chris Orr is kind of the heart and soul of that. But uh, Zach Bourne is a big-time playmaker off the edge. And, you know, we're seeing what he's able to do when he's truly healthy and he's having a huge senior season. Which takes us into our game balls. John, who do you – I mean, maybe uh, universally, let's say that we're going to give one to Jonathan Taylor. Just big performance, over 200 all-purpose yards, five touchdowns, another Heisman caliber performance. But – who would you give your game ball to then? Would it be Bond or who else would you give it to? Yeah, I would have to say Bond. I mean, three sacks. I mean, that's that's big time um, in, you know, not a full day's work. You know, I've just been ultra impressed with him. I remember watching him, you know, when he's a quarterback at, at, at Brown Deer. And, you know, I believe that was Gary Anderson who started to recruit him. Um, and then obviously he came to Wisconsin, played outside linebacker, and that switch has been very good. And, you know, you're starting to see what, you know, the coaches saw. Uh, in him just you know a handful of years ago when they were recruiting him uh, so yeah he's he gets my game ball on the defense I think someone from the defense should get it uh, if if we're taking Jonathan Taylor out of contention I think uh, you know Baum was the best player uh, on Wisconsin's defense Saturday I would probably go either Chris or Jack Sanborn on the, on the opposite side with two sacks uh, but for you know so for the defensively I'd say that but for me maybe I'll give it to the offensive line uh, after a rough outing against Northwestern, 130 rushing yards. They come out 348 on the ground. Taylor ran for 186. Nakia Watson had a pretty good day, 63 yards on 12 carries along a 12. The fullback dives were working really well. John Chanel averaged six yards on four carries. And Mason Stocky had, you know, a nine, nine yards on two carries. So the fullback dives are working well. And, even, you know, Jack Dunn, you know, there's that nice jet sweep that the line helps block for uh, where I know that's going away from the, the line, but they're still doing their part. 
I give it to them just because of the fact that, you know, the team averaged 6.3 yards per carry. It was a rough outing against Northwestern where they averaged, I believe under four yards per, per attempt. So kudos to them. And now the next big test will come against Michigan state on Saturday, you know, mid afternoon kick. And of course, Badger blitz will be there. We got all the coverage coming to you coming up this week, but John, before we wrap it up with Kent state, let me ask you who visited this weekend, because we didn't really hear a lot about who visited, but who did make their way to Madison and who should Wisconsin fans keep an eye out for? Yeah, there were no commitments and to my knowledge, no offers extended. So, um, you know, a quieter weekend, I would say, uh, on the recruiting front after what we've seen, uh, you know, the last two home games, um, you know, I've got a chance to, to talk to a few guys around campus. And I think uh, I tried to put, you know, the, the higher priority stuff out there uh, right away today. So, you know, I think it starts with Andre Paul Jr. Uh, he played as a freshman at Catholic Memorial. Uh, now he's down at Naples High School in Florida. Uh, he was on campus Saturday, uh, got a chance to, you know, kind of have a little homecoming. He was talking to, to Joe Sigma, uh, the wide receiver from Catholic Memorial, who could be a potential walk-on guy for the Badgers. Um, you know, he's someone that, you know, could potentially earn an offer uh, somewhere down the road for Wisconsin, uh, depending on what they want to do at that quarterback position. Uh, they also had a four-star linebacker on campus in Justin Sullivan. Um, he, that was his first visit uh, to campus. And, you know, he had an interesting perspective. He talked about, you know, the nap pods and like the, the water tanks and all the, you know, behind the scenes stuff that really caught his attention. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely have heard other recruits talk about that as well. Um, so I think he's someone that Wisconsin wants to continue to to evaluate, to continue to get back on campus. Um, and you know, he's he's another guy that could potentially earn an offer at some point. Well, and then the last story that we got up uh, just a couple hours ago, uh, Landon Morris, the kid from Illinois, uh, you know, intriguing guy, about six foot six and, you know, 210, 220 pounds. Uh, you know, we have him listed as a receiver, but. He probably projects to tight end at the next level. He was another guy that got his first look at Wisconsin, um, and he wants to return again potentially this winter for a junior day or something like that. So, um, you know, it wasn't as, you know, action-packed or, you know, the guest list wasn't as loaded as, as in weeks past. But, you know, there's a handful of guys I think that Wisconsin's really starting to lay the groundwork with. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, an offer or two comes out from anyone who was on the guest list from Saturday uh, at some point, you know, later this fall or even into the winter. And of course, folks, we'll let you all know who we're hearing will make it out to Madison next weekend. Of course, a big cross-divisional matchup between the Michigan State Spartans and the Wisconsin Badgers inside Camp Randall Stadium. And of course, that'll be, uh, like I said, a huge likely a huge weekend just because of the opponent and it not being Kent state or the weather being rainy, like it was on Saturday. Luckily I was up in the press box for that, but uh, that was on again, off again, looked like with the rain, but you know, coming up to, you know, it's going to be a big matchup and you know, Wisconsin got it done over Kent state, no surprise. And you know, we have to mention it was an easy cover. So uh, this week it is Sparty coming to town and my bookie is your place for even more action for the game not only your point spread in total but my bookie offers in-game wagering so track the action and movement as the game takes place game props playoff odds and national championship odds odds available too oh and we can't forget the heisman odds as well and that just scratches the surface we have teamed with my bookie this october to give you this great offer 
Sign up at mybookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME and they will match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME and new users get their first deposit doubled. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. We're going to take a quick break, come back. John and I are going to talk and make some updated seasonal predictions about the Wisconsin Badgers, talking some mat marks on sacks, points per game, Jonathan Taylor predictions, updated win totals, where they could go bowling. We'll talk about that coming up in about a couple minutes here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. We are back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. Joining me in the Vivid Seat studio is John McNamara, rivals editor, recruiting analyst, and John, Wisconsin heads into its sixth game coming up, 5-0, 2-0 in the Big Ten, riding a high both offensively and defensively after its non-conference tune-up, I thought, it'd be a great time for us to go and to update some seasonal predictions. I didn't actually look back into what we've predicted in the past, but based off of what's happened and transpired, I've got about a handful of topics for us to discuss exactly, you know, where Wisconsin could be and, and what they could do, in, you know, going forward in these final seven regular season games. First one, though, first question. Will Wisconsin eclipse the 2017 mark in sacks? And just to give you a heads up what they were, that was 42 in 2017. And last year, they only had 19. They have 21 through five games this season. Yeah, that's, I mean, not to get off topic, but I mean, and going back to last year, but that's, you know, that kind of says a lot as to, well, you know, this defense is excellent and last year they weren't. And you know, it's, it doesn't take a football genius to figure it out, but getting pressure on the quarterback is huge. And that's, that is a, you know, key stat to point out at this point of the years, you know, how much production they've, they've had so far and how little they had last year. Um, but, but to get back to your question, I say, yeah, they, they will get over that. Um, you know, even though I think the schedule is going to heat up a little bit, I, I just think they have the guys to do it. Uh, you know, we, we talked a lot about Bond, um, but they can get pressure, you know, elsewhere as well. And, you know, with, with Jim Leonard and the, the schemes that he draws up, I, I think they eclipse that mark. Yeah, I'm looking at that too. I was starting to look through opponents, and Michigan State coming in has only allowed eight sacks. That's going to be hard to come by just with the normal Michigan State offense. Uh, I believe Ohio State's only given up 13 in their attack, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, Purdue's given up close to th- between three to four. Nebraska's given up, I think, about three. I think uh, yeah, I think they have a good chance to break this record. If they average three from here on out, they'll tie the record. That's for regular season games. So they'll still have, if they make it to Indianapolis, that would be one other game. But also, they'd also have likely, I mean, they need, what, one more game to become bowl eligible. We think that's going to happen. So uh, that'd be a 14th game. I think they will break it. Uh, you mentioned the playmakers. I mean, Zach Bond's become, I mean, he's been a revelation. We all knew the talent that he had back, gosh, it was 2016, uh, where he started getting playing time. He played against Ohio State, had a career-high five tackles then. I think he had a, at least one tackle for loss that game. But then the, the foot injury in 2017, and then he had to deal with, obviously, becoming a full-time starter and working through just 
knocking the rust off of him. And then now you're seeing in his final year, him emerging as not just an all conference player. I think he could be, there could be some all American discussions if he keeps this up. I mean, he already was nine and a half tackles for loss in five games, nearly two per contest. He's got six sacks in five games. Obviously there are gonna be tougher offensive lines coming up, but uh, I think he could really make a mark coming up uh, in the season. I think, you know, if teams have to focus in on him, like he mentioned after the game, cause I joked with them. I said, People are going to have to double and triple team you, team you now. And he says, well, hey, credit to me and credit to the defense where next thing you know, that'll open up other opportunities for other players to to make their impact and, and make it be known where they have a, may have a more favorable matchup. So I'm going, like you, John, I'm going over there. Going, out, going next to the offensive side of the ball, Wisconsin's averaging 43.4 points per game. Will the offense beat the 2010 mark not the 2011 mark, but the 2010 mark of 41.5. Uh, I'm going to have to go under, uh, you know, that, that team. Yeah. That offense is special. And I, I think this offense um, is, is right up there in terms of, you know, the, the, the skill that they have on there, uh, the, you know, the options that they have, uh, you know, definitely not quarterback play. I think, although Jack Cohn's been very, very good, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like I'm dumping on him at all. I think he's he's exceeded all expectations. He's playing excellent football right now. Um, but I'll have to go under again. You know, you're going to see better better teams. I think it's going to start to average a little bit. You know, trending in the other direction. Uh, so I'll go a little bit under. Uh, but yeah, that you know, thinking back to you know both of those teams, the 2010, 2011. I mean, those those teams could put points on the board in a hurry. Yeah, I'm going to go under, and I think it's just you got Michigan State coming up. It's going to be a tough game. I know they gave up 34, but obviously I don't think that's going to happen with just, you see how dynamic Ryan Day's offense is for the Buckeyes. I think Michigan State comes in a little bit hungrier, uh, trying to get that win, trying to stay in contention in the Big Ten East. So in my opinion, I mean, you got that defense, you have the Ohio State defense, and when Wisconsin has to go to the horseshoe coming up at the end of October so. I think those defense, I mean, I think there's also chances for Wisconsin put up a lot of points too, where they have obviously Illinois coming up uh, after Michigan state after the bye. I mean, I was going to be a tough game too at camp Randall, but then they go to Nebraska and you know, I, I am not sold on the Huskers defense. Uh, what happens against Purdue will be another question as well. Uh, Minnesota. I don't, I still don't have a good gauge on them even though they're, they may be undefeated. They, it still doesn't look necessarily pretty, obviously. So uh, for now, I'll say under as well. Now, staying with the offense, Jonathan Taylor, does he go over 2,000 yards rushing? Yeah, I think he does. Um, this kind of contradicts what I said before of, you know, like I said, you know, better defensive coming. I just, I just think he's kind of in line for that special season. Um, he's going to need some postseason action to get there, but I, I think he just does eclipse 2,000 yards. All right, I am looking at right now, he is averaging 149 yards per game. I believe that's second in the nation right now, heading into week number seven. So if he played 12 games, that'd be 1,788. And then let's see, add two more onto that. So let's say 298. That would put him just over a 2,086. So if he keeps on the mark, 
right now, he would he would get close to 2,100 yards. You know what? I was going to say no because you see what Michigan State and you see Ohio State's defense on the list, but I also know, again, Wisconsin can run on Purdue. I think they're going to run on Nebraska pretty well just because of the, the history. And the, I, you know, I know every team's different, but I, I'm right now I'm feeling that with both. I, you mentioned that too. I think he'll go over as well. I thought at first I was a little apprehensive just because you just didn't know with the schedule ahead and it does get tougher, but I think he does too. Now the second part with the Taylor predictions, I had the bull prediction of Jonathan Taylor catching more than 25 passes this season. Looking right now, he is actually, he's actually third on the team in receptions, John, with 12 for 114 yards and those four touchdowns. He's, he leads the nation with 16 total touchdowns, 12 on the ground, four through the air. Over under, are you going to change it? Do you feel that he'll get over 25 receptions in 2020, 2019? Uh, that's another, that's another good one. Uh, I, I think I'll go just under. Um, and I remember talking about this at the start of the season. I said, you know, Jonathan Taylor is going to have to prove it to me that he can catch the football. Well, he did. He, he proved me wrong. Uh, so I will eat crow on that one. Uh, but I'll say he goes just under, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, he, he certainly has an opportunity to go over. He, you know, he's he's proven reliable there. And Jack Cohen looks like he, uh, you know, it certainly looks for Taylor. Uh, you know, mostly on those third downs when, when he's in there as a receiving threat. Uh, but I'll go just under. I feel like, uh, you know, he'll be used maybe in a more traditional role uh, as you get into some of these tighter games with, you know, you expect it to be Michigan State. You expect it to be Ohio State. You expect it to be Iowa. Uh, so I'll go just under. But he's... You know, like I said earlier in the podcast, that's that's the element of this game that he worked to improve on, and he's done that. So um, I'll go just under, but I, I'm impressed with what he's done so far in that department. Yeah, I think he's going to go over. I just got a feeling now with that, just try, with Wisconsin trying to game plan differently where teams are going to zero in on him. I know Michigan State's going to – obviously, you have to game plan. You have to stop him first and make Jack Cohn in the passing game beat you. But now that you have a new element in that mix – I think they do find ways to get him the ball through the air, especially against Ohio state, especially against Michigan state. And he led the team in reception. He tied for the team leading receptions on Saturday with three. And he actually led the team in receiving yards with 29. So, and and for that matter, he leads the team in touchdown receptions too. So I'm going to, you know, depending on how many yards he gets, rushing and and receiving i feel like there's always that relationship there you don't know if he'll if you know being part of the passing game will reduce the number of touches he has on the ground game which probably helps his nfl stock showing not just that he is a viable pass catcher out of the backfield but that he also doesn't have that wear and tear i mean looking right now he's got 103 carries through five games going into this season, he had over 600 in two seasons. So I think that helps him both showing that he can catch the ball out of the backfield, but also there's not as much wear and tear on that body. So I'm going to go over just because I think they'll still going to make him a factor in that game and whether or not he's as productive as he has been through the first five games, it still remains to be seen, especially against better defenses. But I think he, he gets more receptions. I think he goes over 25, maybe Less than 30, but I think he still gets right around you know, between 25 to 29 or so. 
Last question. I think before the season, I had either eight and four or nine and three for this team, just because I didn't know what we know now. And with that cross divisional schedule, Wisconsin beat Michigan. We'll see if they can beat Michigan state. And of course they have Ohio state at the end of the month on the road, but against Sparty, they are at home and inside camp Randall stadium based off of what you've seen updated win totals, John, how many games and we'll include, you know what? We'll include potential bowl games too, or we can add a certain prediction in here too. How many games do they play? And then what's the updated win total because of that? Well, I, I think they play in the big 10 title game and I think they play in one additional game after that. Um, I, I don't know. I think we're, you know, looking at this, at the season, um, I think they lose on the road to Ohio state and they get a chance to play them most likely in the big 10 title game. Um, I, I don't know how far you want to extend this to, uh, but yeah, I, you put down 11 wins. I think 11 seems pretty, pretty realistic, but, um, but I was like you, yeah, you know, I remember being in Chicago and, and you know, doing radio stuff and talking to people, uh, eight wins, nine wins seemed like where Wisconsin could be. Uh, you know, everyone talked about how difficult the schedule was, you know, they're, they're playing all these teams coming off buys and, you know, they could lose right away against South Florida. And then you got this Michigan team that everyone was loving, uh, you know, in the, in the month of June and July, everyone loved them down in Chicago at the big 10 media days. Uh, and they've taken care of business, you know, and they've accomplished all they needed to have accomplished so far. Um, I think they'll take care of business moving forward, but I think, I think they lose on the road to Ohio state. I think they play them again in the big 10 title game. I'm not sure if I'm ready to say what happens in that game yet. Uh, Cause I kind of feel like they, they go in there and then they win that game, which would make things ultra interesting uh, when you're looking at, does a big 10 team get in? But again, there's so much football left to be played. Um, they got a, they got a tough contest against Michigan state. I'll go 11 right now. Um, I know that's taking some thunder away from you because you might say the same thing, but um, it, it's going to be a, an exciting kind of, not final stretch, but you know the maybe the second half of the season coming up uh, because this team, like we've talked about, has a has a real chance to be special this year. Breaking: John McNamara predicts Wisconsin Badgers to the CFP. Uh, can we should we book that on the tweet going on there? Um, sure, you can say that they'll they'll at least be talking <laughs> about Wisconsin because um, you know you would at at the I shouldn't say at the worst, but I guess if if things kind of shake out like you'd expect them to shake out they'll play Ohio state with one loss in the big 10 title game. And again, that's assuming a hundred different things happen. Uh, but I think that's a very realistic scenario, uh, you know, heading down to Indianapolis and I guess just a couple of weeks, you know, we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer to it. I know it's already October. And my kids are asking about what Halloween costumes we're wearing. So I got to, or when we're going to buy them, we already know who we're going to be, but I need to start ordering that stuff or going to the various, Halloween stores now available, but I digress there. I'm going to go 11 for the win total for Wisconsin. I think with I'm right now and you mentioned the variables. I mean, there could be injuries, the key injuries, you know, if, if scenario wise, Jonathan Taylor goes down, that drastically changes a lot. You see, you know, someone on defense, if Zach bond gets hurt, that's a drastic change or, or whatnot. I would say though, I, I think this team, just the way they prepare, it, you, you, I've covered this team all season, gone to player availabilities, gone to fall camp, 
post game, this team just has an attitude right now that you know, not trying to sip the Kool-Aid, but it just they respect each opponent. They take it one week at a time, unlike us right now, where we're looking ahead in our crystal balls or whatever you want, or looking into the future. But I do feel that Wisconsin, they have the talent, they have the discipline, and they have the attitude to go. And I think, like you said, I think they win 11 regular season games. It's going to be tough against Nebraska on the road, tough at home against Iowa. Minnesota is always going to be one of those weird rivalry games, especially like you saw last year. But I think they get to 11 wins in the regular season, updated from my nine wins previously. And I think, yeah, they go to the Big Ten Championship game, and who knows? All bets are off there. So we'll we'll see if they can – supplant whoever comes out of the big 10 East uh, and, and see if they can make some noise potentially in the college football playoff. But again, they'd have to take it week by week. We'll go week by week now to going forward, but just want to do some updated seasonal predictions just to see where we feel this team could go almost near the midway point of the 2019 campaign that they're going through right now. So John, before we let, these folks go what's coming up this week on badgerblitz.com yeah you there's there's still going to be some stories on uh some visitors that were on campus this weekend we'll, we'll roll those off the next couple of days or so um you know we'll have plenty of michigan state coverage uh I, hopefully it, it stays warm for us at the end of the week where we can get out to see some games on friday uh i still have joe brunner on my list and, and jp bench on my list um so you know hopefully get to a game on friday uh, we'll also check out, you know, there's there's some guys that Wisconsin's recently offered in the 2021 class that haven't necessarily been on campus yet. Uh, you know, a couple, not, I shouldn't say a couple, but a kid from Colorado that we're going to check on with. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll try to amp up the recruiting coverage as, as the week kind of unfolds because this weekend wasn't as big as in, as in weeks past. So, um, you know, you'll have the constants of uh, the, the team coverage that, you, that you'll be taking care of and the recruiting coverage and then, I mean, these weeks in the fall just fly by. I feel like we do a podcast on Sunday and it's already then Friday. We're, we're talking about what's going on. Uh, so, you know, these these weeks go quick with the coverage. And, um, and I think Michigan State's going to be, you know, if here in a heartbeat. And I think we'll be talking about, you know, the aftermath of that game just just feels like a couple hours from now. So uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of coverage throughout the week. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll be on to Illinois after Michigan State. Absolutely. And. We'll have all the previews for Michigan State coming forward on BadgerBlitz.com. I'll be down there tomorrow, Monday morning, talking to players, talking to head coach Paul Christ, injury reports, all the matchups going forward. You'll see all that on BadgerBlitz.com, so stay tuned there. And, folks, of course, you can find all the information, all the insight, all the analysis on BadgerBlitz.com. That is Wisconsin.Rivals.com. You can actually go on Facebook too. We post the stories there, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. We have an Instagram page and then also this podcast. Folks, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify. Click that subscribe button if you have that available, like on Apple. Why? Because it's all for free. This podcast is free, but you have an opportunity to, whenever this gets uploaded, to that particular media avenue, like Apple, like Google, it goes instantly, instantly to your mobile device, to your iPad, to your desktop, 
there for your instant viewing. So please do that. And also feel free to give us reviews. Why? Because on top of that, we like to make this the most popular Wisconsin Badgers podcast out there. And we're seeing great reviews. We would love five-star reviews. Why? Because that allows us to build up this popularity, but also we want some genuine reviews. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we're not doing well. And we want, again, we love feedback. We want to make this the best podcast out there for Wisconsin Badgers fans, especially those following Wisconsin recruiting on football or basketball, but we also following the teams as well. But, and all on top of that too, I forgot to mention too, we'll probably cover this a little bit on Thursday. We'll have basketball media day coming up on Friday. So ah, yeah, so that's there too. <laughs> that's so, a good reminder. Yeah, we do have that on Friday coming up the local media day. That's yeah. Things are really going to start to heat up here. Exactly. Yeah. Basketball and football going on at the same time. No off days for us. And uh, so we'll be very busy there. And on top of that, you can follow John at rivals uh, at McNamara rivals, me at Jake kick Coco K O C O. And of course the Badger blitz account at Badger underscore blitz. So we're gonna have so much more coming up. Stay tuned. Have a great start of the week, folks. We'll catch you in probably Thursday on another edition of the badger podcast here on Overtime Media.